suddenly the ability for people to secure a private key in a way that's familiar to them becomes paramount. And so now we can secure all of those keys all in the same application, maybe a couple applications to make. Welcome to the Bitcoin Podcast. This show is intended for information purposes only, but we're not experts. We're just two guys within the Bitcoin community. Bitcoin is an experiment in the separation of money and state. You'll be surprised how many will support that. And adoption is the only thing that matters. Cinco of the Bitcoin Podcast. I am your host, Marcello. And I am your other host, host number two, D. This is Corey, and for those of you that don't know, Cinco is five in Spanish. That is correct. Thank uh, you for that. Bilingualism yeah. is something that we support And Portuguese, here. by the way, so that's nice. How many languages do you think? Spanish, Portuguese. English and bad English. Mexican. That's not a language. I know, but we just lost all of our Mexican listeners. <laughs> we lost all of them. One fell swoop. So we're, we're going to talk about something really important today, guys. Um, it is surrounding security. So uh, what is more important to you guys? Is it your privacy or is it your security? And no, they're not the same thing. They mm. aren't. Mm. Hmm. That's a deep Mind question. Freak. It's got to be a delicate dance between privacy and security. It's got to be like a tango, not a waltz. Um, what is more important to me is security. Not not so much yeah. privacy because I don't have a lot of things to hide. There's not much of me I have to hide. It's more about security for me, and so that's my initial hat in the ring. Corey, I'm shooting it at you now. All right, I got a, I got a pretty interesting take on this. Um, it's definitely going to be security, mm-hmm. and that's controlling, I guess, my own keys and you know, really making sure people don't get a hold of my passwords. I don't care if people pry into the things that I put out there, and that's only because as technology that we have in our pockets like cell phones and the internet and these types of things start to invade our lives and start to try to become um, may start to guess what we do so that they can deliver some type of benefit to us by that information they have to get into your privacy so if in order for uh, the uh, like a really good autocorrect or something like keyboard app to guess what you're going to say next. They need to see what you've said before. That's a good point. And so as these applications become more intuitive into guessing what we want and delivering it to us before we know we want it, they're going to need to invade our privacy in some sort of way. So there's a playoff there, Mm -hmm. but that doesn't mean they need to invade our security. So if I want a digital maid, I have to be comfortable with that digital maid going through my digital underwear drawer. Yes. Got it. So do you guys think Bitcoin's security risk will ever be reduced to zero? Bitcoin's Bitcoin's security risk could be reduced to zero. Yeah, it already is. But that doesn't mean that 
people aren't going to take their own security into account and get things stolen. I mean, I think that's what I mean. Like, for a system based on mathematics, logic, and science, I'm personally, I'm flabbergasted to see so many emotions and even the malicious and unjustified harming of a person's reputation. Like, there, there's evil people that are jeopardizing Bitcoin's good name. That's very true. Um, just based on it, uh, they don't understand it. And if they knew the technology and they knew how secure it was, then they wouldn't be saying the things that they say. Um and that's a little bit what we we're roundtabling about here, like personal security practices um, when it comes to maintaining both your privacy and the level of security with your digital currency in this new digital currency era. Well, we're, we, our generation, our humanity has hit a cusp yep. in terms of technology. And every, in the past, it hasn't been an issue on the amount of the, the availability of your personal information but Mm -hmm. as technology continues and and exponentially continues to accelerate the ability for people to get to your private information will become better and better so it you it behooves you as a as a human if you care about security to adapt technological security practices which means like figure out how to secure your shit yeah now and Bitcoin is an avenue for learning how to do that because it's literally digital cash that you have to digitally secure. Yes. And, and as takes. you learn more about it, you learn more about how to digitally secure any type of digital asset you may have. Yeah, I think I think everything grows out of necessity. Like if you take it way back to the early stages of money, people were like, you know what I'm going to do? I'm gonna take these gold bullions and stash them under that uh, under that pile of hay over there, and nobody's gonna, gonna figure it I'm out. I'm gonna dig a nice hole in my backyard, and yeah. there's gonna be some money in it, and no yep. one's gonna know where that is. And then eventually, somebody found it, and they were like, "Man, that was a bad idea." <laughs> and then safes, and then banks, and then so on and so forth until we are where we're here today. Um, but now we have something new. And we need new practices. Um, so people need new password practices. People need new uh, education when it comes to how to protect yourself digitally. And no, paying the money for LifeLock isn't going to get it done. Sorry, LifeLock. I'm hating on you. <laughs> so but, on top of that, actually, it's like you said that the, these these practices had a trend from the very beginning of securing your gold. Yep. And then banks happened. And Visa happened. And credit cards happened. And all these things happened, but as these ha- things happened, it became more and more and more an aspect of relying on a third party to secure your money for you. Yeah. So wow. you don't have to worry about it. You're putting trust in something else to make sure that your money's going to be there along the lines. FDIC, if the bank goes down, I get my money back. All these things that you know could go wrong, you don't know. Nobody really knows. Like the average user doesn't really know. He just has a trust in it. Yeah. And this is the first time where it puts the onus of security directly in the person who has the money's hands. If any, if you lose your money with Bitcoin, it's, it's your, your fault. fault. Yep, and that's, and that's all there is to it. That scares people too, because you got to think about what you said—that the evolution of that mindset, that trust structure that we've built about like letting people hold things for us and just trusting it. Like, yeah, but it's this hypocrisy with it. With you know, 
if you ask the average person on the street whether or not they trust banks, they're going to say no. They're evil people. The people yeah. on top of those banks are only look out for themselves. Yet yeah. they have bank accounts and credit cards. Yeah. You ask them how many bank accounts they have. They're like, oh, well, well three. I got to have one, you know, for the bills, one for the spin. It's like, come on now. What is that? Well, last week we had a CTO and a CEO on, and I tried to trip them up, but they came back, you know, lightning quick. But uh, every every CTO CEO should digest a fuller picture on risk, security, governance, and all that. And um, you know, they're teaming up with banks, the evil corporations. So, uh, you know, it's kind of weird that you know a Bitcoin app is teaming up with banks, but they kind of have to at this at this infancy stage. Yeah, I, th- I think that they have to, but I also think that. They're not teaming up with the banks. They're letting banks do what they do, and that's stay in the money flow. Banks aren't going anywhere anytime soon. They were a natural evolution for good reason, and we still need places like that, believe it or not. It's not best to give them all of the trust, but some of the trust is okay, and we still need those places. And the only reason banks are teaming up like this is because they need to, because uh, what email did to the post office is what Bitcoin and the blockchain is going to do to banks. I read that today, sir. Yep, me too. <laughs> I almost posted it on the Facebooks, but uh, <laughs> that's analogy gold. That is analogy gold. Like that's a pretty I way do, to put it. Yeah. I do believe uh, Sarah Martin, one of our first episodes. I believe it was our third episode. Uh, we asked her to define Bitcoin ten words or less. She said it's the email of money, and that's what it is. Like, eventually, it'll be as easy as, hey, man, I'll get lunch. Why don't you just pay me back? And you just bump your phones together, and boom, money zings from my phone to your phone, just like that, all based on the, the infrastructure built in. And you can even technology. make that money zing, make a noise that goes zing, so yep. it does zing. <laughs> mm-hmm. What's a funny, like, saying about getting paid? Uh, what about that old Dirty Bastard song from the 90s? Baby, I got your money. When you send a, a money request, that's what it should say when they hey, open it up. Daddy. <laughs> All right. We're getting, we're getting, what's, what's the next talking point, Joe? What are we talking about next? Well, uh, how about we just transition into our guests because we, we, we keep having co-founders. We keep having people in power because that's, that's how we do around here. Yeah, we get, we get the power. So we've been talking about all this because uh, joining us now is the head honcho over at Airbits. And if you're unfamiliar with Airbits, it's a mobile Bitcoin wallet that is decentralized and mm-hmm. backs up the wallet and it provides autonomy and everyone loves autonomy. So who better to get into the meat and potatoes of the great product than with Mr. Paul Pui himself? So with without further ado, let's get him on the horn. Here he is. All right, Paul. Thank you very much for joining us over at the Bitcoin Podcast. Would you like to introduce yourself to the audience? Yeah, for sure. My name is Paul Pue. I'm CEO and co-founder of Airbits, and um, I've been in Airbit. I'm sorry, been in Airbits actually. Yeah, from the, in the company since about January of 2014. Um, I got myself started in electrical engineering, computer science degree over at Berkeley, and worked in visual computing at you know a couple companies. One, Chromatic Research, which most people don't know. And NVIDIA, which many people know is the company that makes bad miners for Bitcoin, but they make pretty darn, <laughs> make pretty darn good graphics cards for At games. least in this community. Yeah. In this community, yeah, they're known as the bad miners. But uh, at this point, all graphics cards are bad miners, so I guess it doesn't really matter so much. Yeah. Um, I've 
since then actually did a full 180 and left technology almost altogether and worked in small business. And I was the other guy at the on the other side of the counter in everything from restaurants, bars, nightclubs to to gyms. I even did outdoor guiding, um, all the while still being the technical person at those different companies and businesses. But this is my opportunity to kind of bring it all together, take the business, the management experience that I had built, and also my understanding of both the I mean the interaction between consumers, merchants, technology, and bring it all together and really build a product that we think kind of solves that that problem. Especially since Bitcoin is one thing that I'm passionate about. Independent of 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 Airbits, then it is the perfect storm of what I want to build, what I'm passionate about in in the ecosystem, and also my experiences and past lives that I've had. So I'm glad to be here. Thank you for coming. You have um such a diverse background, and you mentioned so many things. And one of the questions we like to ask uh, all of our guests is, when did you originally mm-hmm. hear about Bitcoin, and how did you? immediately know like okay this is something i gotta sink my teeth into um i heard about it in about april of 2013 uh there was a financial blogger that i listened to and read um articles from and he's kind of these anti wall street wall street bloggers you know he says zig when they zag and you know he has a stock portfolio and then he included bitcoin one day and he goes i'm adding bitcoin to it small amount one percent and he didn't even explain what it was he just said bitcoin i'm like what the hell is this? <laughs> I had to I had to dive in myself and figure out what it was, and I knew instantly that I, I I was hooked because I said to myself, "Who didn't tell me about this? How did I not know <laughs> about this for I don't know how many years?" Given that I had been kind of in technology, but obviously not working in tech, but you know doing small business technology. Listen to the financial blogger. Knew I needed to enter the space. Bitcoin yes, could be the solution to a lot of the the world problems that I had seen and understood but never had a good solution for that had frustrated me for years and I saw everything ended up tying itself it all came back to the same thing which was um, our, our financial system and how that's controlled a lot by government and regulation and suddenly Bitcoin could be an indirect maybe not a very direct but a very indirect solution to things outside of just the financial system but also systems that are coerced by that um, and so I had a strong just uh, desire for Bitcoin to succeed in general, and then in addition, I said, "Oh my well, gosh, Bitcoin needs some some things around it to make it more successful, Definitely. and you know, easily hit the uh, easily hit the pain points that other people were hitting." And so I said, "Okay, well, we can solve this. This isn't stuff that's impossible to solve. It's just a matter of we actually have to build it." And so that's why we went and and you know push forward with uh, us building out our product. It's a wonderful product. It seems like it really hit, hit home for you on, on all your all the fronts you were passionate about, the people, technology, business. It, it, it all yeah, it def- seemed to uh, yeah, definitely compete. Yeah. No, it definitely did. That's, that's why it was what I call the perfect storm. And I'd never left, I'd never left a career before, you know, just out of nowhere, willy-nilly. Like, when it, like I didn't leave engineering because, and all I mean to to kind of not go down too deep. So I didn't leave engineering because I wanted to. I, did, I left because I had to because of health. This is one thing that I couldn't focus on anything else. I couldn't focus on any other uh, tasks at hand at jobs. And <laughs> I love I loved my previous job, and so it was more for respect to them that I had to leave. I said, you know, I'm I'm not going to be long term a good employee here because I can't focus on anything else other than this. It took up all of my time. Um, and that's when I said, you know, I've, I've had opportunities to do other startups in the past, but nothing I felt as strongly about as this. So whether I succeed or fail in this startup, 
I know that it was well worth it of a life experience because number one, I met an amazing team along the way. Um, and many people don't know the team behind Airbus. They simply know, you know, the, the hopefully shiny product on the outside. But mm -hmm. our, our presence in the Bay Area, we were in the Bay Area for three months in an accelerator. And during that time, we had people come up, I had people come up to me and goes, you have us think an amazing team. Like, where did you guys come together? I'm like, well, and we're all in San That's Diego. Awesome. We're all in the Bitcoin community and uh, all passionate about what we're building. Um, and passionate, even outside of Bitcoin, we're passionate about decentralized tech and privacy, you know, good and, and encrypted uh, zero knowledge applications. And so what a lot of people don't know is that Airbits is not just your mobile app for Bitcoin. It's an entire platform for building zero knowledge applications and the end encrypted mm. synchronized uh, data for anything for right now it's for securing private keys because obviously that's mm -hmm. the first that's the most important thing and the nice thing about bitcoin is it's given us the motivation to build good end endpoint edge what we call edge security security at the at the nodes at your phone not mm -hmm. on server not on an it department but good security for for people and mm -hmm. so it's given us that motivation so now that we've built it how do we what can it be used for? It can be used for securing private keys for obviously other digital currencies. It can secure private keys for authentication, for identity, and it can secure just data, like high value data, such as um, the financial transactions. Like you've used Airbits, you know, so you could tag your information with name, category, notes. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. That well, is really cool. There's a lot of cool features on your wallet, and we're going to talk about it in the show. But yeah. I like the directory. That was one of the coolest things, which is why it's quickly become my favorite wallet. Um, the cool, directory is cool. cool. Like you said, how you can tag what type of purchases are going through and just keep yourself organized. Right. Um, okay. There were some things when I created the wallet, you had some security practices that you even told me <laughs> as a consumer, like write this stuff down, take a picture, put it somewhere. If you right. lose it, it's game over. And it's, it's a good it's kind of scary for some people, but I think it's going to start that good behavioral practices that need right. to be instilled with digital currency because uh, it hasn't really existed before and people haven't had to worry about how to secure private keys and things like that. So, Right. One of our goals is that people shouldn't have to really think about securing private keys. They need to concern themselves about creating one good long password that they can remember and that's it because in the end what a wallet is is really key storage it's a key manager mm -hmm. yeah but that doesn't have to be just your private key for bitcoin that could be all of your usernames and passwords for every website that you'd authenticate with in the future we envision all of those websites will stop using usernames and passwords they're going to use public private key authentication and so once they do that suddenly the ability for people to secure a private key in a way that's familiar to them becomes paramount. And so now we can secure all of those keys all in the same application, maybe a couple applications to make it a little bit easier to use. But for the most part, the same infrastructure that we used to secure Bitcoin, we can secure everything else. And now just one long, complex password is all someone will need to know for everything. And we think people can do that, but they can't do it when they have to remember long, complex passwords that are different for every single website. So right now we, we face a hurdle of people saying, well, not another password I have to remember. I'm like, <clears throat> yeah, sorry, yeah, you're right. It is another pa hard password you have to remember <laughs> or write down or put into a password manager. But in the end, our goal is we'd like to be the password manager because your passwords will be private keys. Yeah. So 
was that one of your uh, kind of your your motivations in developing the the application was to start with something that people essentially have to use and make it easy to use, such as a wallet, and it, and then really develop the end node the, the end user security so that in the future that becomes the actual feature, the, and it just happens to have a wallet. You could say that. I mean, our first passion is still Bitcoin. Mm -hmm. It's still digital currencies. We want to make that succeed. Um, what we kind of side realized, and, and we didn't pivot our company at all. Like our company is building the same tech that we were going to build day one. Our technology never changed. But we realized, um, someone we talked to made a good analogy. It's like you've built the, <clears throat> and if you understand our tech, you realize like kind of what we've the the effort we've put into it underneath the covers. What we he says it seems like you guys have built the uh, gyroscopic motor. But it's hidden underneath the Segway thing that people don't care about. You know, it's like you don't care about Perfect. the Segway, but you've made this amazing <laughs> motor. You know, this amazing motor that actually is a, a feat all on its own. Um, but for people who don't care about Bitcoin, it's like people that don't care about a Segway. Like, well, that's a cool toy, but that's just yeah. the toy. You know, and so we're seeing that there's many more applications for this gyroscopic motor um, that we've built, which is a decentralized, encrypted, and end encrypted storage of you know high value data. But we think that Bitcoin, because it's money, drives the motivation to build it. And the mm -hmm. nice thing is um, we can take these as two channels. Number one, for the people that love Bitcoin, you give them a great wallet that now can do other things, such as uh, take care of their authentication. I mean, that's not even in Airbits today, but it's something we'd, you know, we'd like to introduce in the future. And then second, you can take a whole bunch of people that care about authentication, and you give them mm -hmm. a Bitcoin wallet. And they're just using it for authentication. But, oh, look at this. I can actually, like, what's this Bitcoin thing here I can do with it? Right. As well nice. as the merchant. Now, the merchant exactly. part of the is, that right, exactly. see who around and takes it. Exactly. Now I know that I, there's this digital currency that I can use. And, and our hope is that it starts to all click. In the end, what you're doing is you're taking valuable digital assets, whether it be your authentication or your money, and you're holding it yourself for once. Mm -hmm. And that's what we're passionate about. Right? We're passionate about letting yeah. people hold and control their own digital assets, whether that's money, it's their data, it's their information, it's their authentication, you name it. We want people controlling their own value in the end. That's kind of our ethos and our, our end goal. And it starts with Bitcoin because it's real money. And that's the hardest thing to trust people with is real money. And if you can Absolutely. gain people's trust in that, then your login and password becomes a, an, easier, an easier thing to, to manage. Yeah. Um, so there's one... Um, not one. I'm just going to rattle off all the features and you tell me if I missed anything. Oh, jeez. Uh, I'm sure you're missing. <laughs> I'd be amazed if you found all of them. There's a whole bunch. I bet you could, I could let you know about some that are hidden that you haven't even come across yet. Okay. So I'm going to just list them how I found them. The first, the merchant directory, which I didn't know what it was. And I even sent you a tweet on Twitter. I was like, is this a merchant directory? You said, yes. Oh, cool. Um, <laughs> You have it in millibits, I believe, or bits to begin it's, with? It's right now defaulting to millibits. Our next release will default to bits, but you can always change it to either yeah. Bitcoin, millibits, or bits, whatever you'd like. I've been in Bitcoin for a while, so I had to change it to just Bitcoin. Bitcoin. And that's totally to fine. Um, let's see. There was the, um, not directory, but the, um, not I guess, an index of what type of data or what type of purchases were being made. Right, so you can call it like your mini Quicken interface where you could tag your transactions, transaction tagging, um, metadata, transaction metadata, um, yep. which is 100% private, by the way. A lot of people are scared by putting that information in there because um, they think that they're letting Airbits know how they're using their money. 
but all of that information, once again, zero knowledge application, all of that is encrypted client side with credentials that only they have, and we see none of that information. Awesome. Question. Is there yeah. any uh, thought about developing, because you have this you know, nice metadata uh, as, a, as a part of the app, is there any thinking of developing something like a mint for the app that you can use, to, like making a budget and creating a budget using? We would love to have someone else build it. So we'd like to partner with other companies. <laughs> so you can export that metadata. Are already, either export or actually even better than export, someone create a mint-like app or a Quicken-like app that mm -hmm. effectively can log in using Airbit's credentials, and then all of your metadata is just there. Wow, that would be so people that using that as a fantastic feature. Exactly, and the nice thing is you can even, in each of those transactions that you have in Airbit's, the, the like Quicken-like app can add more metadata than what Airbit's holds. So right now there's a fiat value, there's a category, a payee, and a notes field, and that's it. There actually is a few hidden fields in there that we don't show the user, such as a business ID, so you can tag a transaction as being from a business. I don't know if you've ever tried that yet. You go to a cafe, you spend, and when you tap in the payee field, you can actually auto-complete it with listings from the business directory, and then we tag it with a business ID number. And so every time you go there, it pulls up a little photo of that business. So little things like that. But as a developer, you can add more metadata to that. So say you could add like an invoice number or mm -hmm. you know, um, uh, an address of the payee. Things like that can be added to the metadata in addition to what's already being stored by Airbits. And Airbits just won't show it, but you can build in a whole other application on top of it. And that's, mm. we think, starts to build on the power of this. And the authentication, Airbits can effectively be using public-private key cryptography. Airbits can, tr can, be, can be treated as like a, an OAuth of, of, uh, of zero-knowledge applications. Think of your mm. Google, Facebook, and Twitter OAuth as your 100% you know, knowledge open authentication, like these companies all know each other, like you know, Facebook knows mm -hmm. you're authenticating with this website, that website knows you're authenticating with Facebook and has some of your Facebook credentials. Think of the zero knowledge OAuth as being what Airbits could accomplish with, with, uh, with public-private key cryptography, but in addition to it being OAuth, it can also allow the application to, at your permission, access some parts of your wallet, such as your, your transactional info, with or without the private keys. So that's all built into the platform. We just are encouraging other developers in, in time. Right now, our development platform isn't well documented. It's the API is still changing, but mm -hmm. you know, as we harden that platform and harden the uh, the API, uh, we see a plethora of great applications that can be built on top of this, all using your Airbits credentials to authenticate, and also using the encrypted zero knowledge backed up storage to store the data of that application. So that's what we envision as this long term great ecosystem. Um, where your account on Airbits means more than Bitcoin. And that's why that one password is going to be very easy to remember. Yeah. Because it really one. sounds like you're, uh, you're, you're, you're spinning all your focus uh, building a good foundation. Like right. your main goal is to build a foundation for things to be built upon, which I think is a, a good moral ground to no, exactly. build applications on. Yeah, you've got and to think it's... of a, a, just a, a solid foundation first and foremost and realize that you know, Bitcoin in general needs that foundation, especially mm -hmm. in the consumer space and the small business and security space. But from the security, it actually it is a it is a security foundation. That is what it's basically built around. Is it's edge edge security is what it's mm -hmm. it's coined like as. And so that's what we're trying to build. That's what we're trying to make easy, and we're trying to make invisible. Try to make edge security fairly invisible, where you don't have to encrypt, you don't have to back up, 
Um, you don't have to write. You don't have to write down long passphrases. It's what you're familiar with. But now allowing that to secure everything else in your digital life, that's you know, important enough. You know, so yeah. that's kind of a long-term vision. That's a great vision, and it would definitely make lives easier. And just takes a little consumer behavioral practice. Yeah, well, that's, that's our hope. Don't want to take up too much of your time. I'm going to ask one last question. We ask all the guests in yeah. 10 words or less. Could you describe Bitcoin? Um, in 10 words or less, I got to count the, the words. I've already said more than 10. <laughs> um, uh, don't want to use decentralized because it's overused, but <laughs> um, people finally hold their own digital value. Um, that's in, in essence, you know, awesome. each of those words mean a lot because finally is, is it's been a long time coming mm -hmm. you know, because we've never held our own digital value. It's, I think that finally is a key word in there um, because people think they hold their own digital value. You know, I say, oh, it's people holding their own digital value. Oh, I've done that. No, you haven't. Um, <laughs> and so this, you log into a bank. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's someone else doing it. So this is us finally holding our own digital value. And so that describes that describes Bitcoin in its truest form, but I think more importantly, it describes what we need to make Bitcoin because it Bitcoin has been slowly etched and um, compromised over the years in the sense Definitely. that we aren't we aren't adhering we're not taking advantage of its core benefits. You know, it's uh, uh, people are not holding their Bitcoin; they're not owning it; they're not transmitting it themselves. I'd say probably a significant portion of of uh, new users are definitely not owning their value, and mm -hmm. it comes to bite us. But then the human race has short-term memory. Yeah, you know, they kind of forget the the lessons of the past. It seems like it's coming back around. It's been really positive in the Bitcoin space lately. Well, yeah, um, so cool. Thank you very much for coming on the show. Um, no definitely going to let our audience know about Airbits because I'm like falling in love with the thing. It's cool, definitely cool. amazing. Awesome. And thanks for stopping by. Appreciate it. Hey, thanks a whole bunch. If you guys ever have any questions, feedback, then definitely know how to contact us. And always want to hear back from the community. Like I said, we're about to punch out a, a new release that changes a whole lot of the, the user interface. So give us give us some feedback. All righty. Will do. Yeah. Pleasure having you. Yeah, pleasure being on. Take care, guys. Bye-bye. Have a good one. Awesome. So, hope you guys enjoy that interview with the CEO of Airbits. <laughs> Please go out, uh, take a look at the wallet. It's more than a wallet. If you were listening to the interview, you'd have heard it. Um, they have a lot of things up and coming. You can build on their platform. I do believe there's an API. It's open source. Uh, go to Airbits.com or uh, Google Airbits. You'll find it. That is A-I-R-B-I-T-Z. Uh, now what we're going to do, we're going to talk about personal security practices and what you do to secure your digital life. But what I also want to do is read a comment um, that I found, uh, and it is one of the best explanations of Bitcoin as a concept and a paradigm that I've seen. It was a, it was a comment uh, <laughs> from a Redditor by the name of Underpaid Big Time. And I think from this comment, he <laughs> probably is underpaid because um, he deserves a little bit more pay. Maybe he's listening, and uh, here's your shout-out. Okay, but what he says is, this is why how he usually explains uh, what Bitcoin is and why it matters, okay? 
So the reason it's so hard for most people to understand Bitcoin is that most people don't really understand money. Money isn't wealth. It's an accounting system used to facilitate, facilitate the exchange of wealth. The paradox of money is that while everyone wants it, no one actually wants it. They want the stuff they can buy with it. Many people are put off by the fact that Bitcoins are just zeros and ones. But that's all what money is. Information. More precisely, money is a means for credibly conveying information about value given but not yet received, or at least not yet received in a form in which it can directly satisfy a person's wants or needs. To put it yet another way, money is a ledger. With fiat currencies like the dollar, the ledger is centralized, and that gives the central authority responsible for maintaining that ledger tremendous power. Power that history has proven will inevitably be, be abused. Be, be, be abused. With Bitcoin, the ledger is decentralized. And that means that no one individual or entity has the power to arbitrarily create new units, thereby causing inflation, freeze or seize your account, or block a particular payment from being processed. We've had decentralized money before. After all, no one can simply print new gold into existence. And the ledger of gold is distributed because the physical gold itself, the accounting entries in the metaphor, is distributed. But with gold, that decentralization comes at a heavy price. Literally, gold is heavy. The physical nature of gold makes it hugely inefficient from a transactional perspective. Enter Bitcoin. It is the first currency in the world that is both decentralized and digital. It is more reliable it's more scarce than gold, and it's more transactionally efficient than modern digital banking, and enables greater financial privacy than cash. It could certainly still fail for one reason or another, but if it doesn't, it has the potential to be very, very disruptive. So, long story short, audience, fiat currencies, bank have the power. Bitcoin, we possibly have the power, should we choose to adopt it. Now, let's talk about personal security practices. That was a mouthful. Well, should we discuss that quote? Oh, yeah, we can, if you guys want to. I mean, uh, it's it's taking the power back. It hey. is. How do you think about that quote, Joe? How do I think about that? Yeah. I think um, I, I, I want to be in control of my money. I make my money. I want to be in control of it. And just because banks make it easier for me to deposit a check. They think they're making my life easier, but I think we're all ready for a change. So I fully embrace the technology, and uh, I I want the power. Dude, we all need the power back. The banks have way too much, man. And if you're not ready for the power or you're too scared, then... Go watch He-Man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, what were you going to say? I interrupted you. No, go get bit by a radioactive spider. Do something. Get yeah. ready. Get I ready agree. for the power. Yeah. Corey, what do you think about that very long yet awesome comment from underpaid big time? It's uh, succinctly put. Uh, it's it's exactly what Norchimel said. It's taking the power back, but to keep with the Marvel heroes theme, with great <laughs> power comes great responsibility. It slides and, right into personal <laughs> security practice. And it's, We're good. It's, 
that's this is that's the point. That's that's what I enjoy, and that's what I hope for as a modern theme in civilization is taking responsibility for yourself and not um, what's the word I'm looking for? Contracting out your responsibility to third parties and hoping that they do a good job with it. Don't outsource your responsibility. Exactly, outsource. Don't outsource your responsibility. Take control over it, especially when it comes to your own personal wealth. That's a great quote. Can we name it? Let's name it. Is there, is there anyone that has like an office that is a professional, legitimate Bitcoin financial advisor? I don't think that there is. Like, let's say I drive by a plaza with a Starbucks and a and a Subway, and in between those is like Greg Chapel, Bitcoin advisor, and I walk into his office and he has services to give me. <laughs> I don't think that exists yet. If it if it doesn't, then maybe we're creating something here. Can we right. patent that so when it does exist, they give us money? Yes, if we say that we made it first here on the podcast, do we get the rights to it? Bitcoin podcast, patent trolls. Yep, yep. that's right. We uh, we thought of it first, Bitcoin advisor. <laughs> um, well, let me let me start off with my my security take because it, it's guaranteed to be the least impressive. Uh, no. I don't I've, don't say anything that's going to put yourself out there. Uh, well, I'm just saying that I, I represent the everyday Bitcoiner, mm-hmm. and I um, I have this bank mentality with it, I guess, where you just put money in a bank and then you you feel good at night knowing it's safe, but it's not. I don't know, but I just throw everything in Coinbase, and uh, I was really impressed when they implemented the vault and upping their security, and mm-hmm. they gave me the the feelsies in the stomach. I felt good about that, so I I haven't educated myself on alternatives, even though I should. And all my money is still there. And I don't know if I'm at risk or not. I mean, that's how kind of I'm playing it. And I'm just being completely honest. Um, there's this adage in the community that says, if you don't have the private keys, then you don't own the Bitcoin. And that is very literally true. But at this point, it would look really bad if Coinbase just took everyone's Bitcoin and was like, ha, we had the private keys. Mer. Like they would gotcha, go to jail so hard. Like, so hard. I'm sure people with a lot of money have a lot of money vested in Coinbase. And if they did that, it would be, oh, man, it would be bad. So I don't. I think Coinbase is a perfectly acceptable place to keep your Bitcoin. It's very safe. I keep a lot of my Bitcoin with Coinbase in the vault, you know. Um, yeah, betraying, betraying the trust of Bitcoin users is not a great way for Bitcoin to succeed. If Coinbase did that, it could potentially kill the technology. It would. I don't think there's a potential about it. It just would kill it. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, and then that's kind of my security blanket with it. But at the same time, my other wallets and my other um, places, I hold the private keys. And I encrypt those private keys. And um, in the mining operation that we talked about, um, or the mining operation that we did... Um, I double encrypted the keys sometimes. I encrypted the encryption. Like, I, I, I went overboard. Um, so, when it comes to my personal practices, um, what I'm talking about specifically is passwords. And everybody has a bunch of passwords at a bunch of different places. Um, but my practice, and you can feel free to adopt this practice, is I have a very lengthy passcode. It's uh, maybe 25 plus characters long. 
uppercase, lowercase, numbers, special characters, and I have six iterations of that where I change things intermittently. So it's, from a cryptographic standpoint, I ain't getting hacked. I ain't getting hacked for is it. Is this all memory, or is it someone interrogates you? It's you all know? up in my brain. So they could they could Morpheus you. They could Morpheus me, but I have lots of friends, so I, at least one of my friends is Neo. <laughs> so I ain't <laughs> Um, call it. I'm calling shots on that one. That's me. I'm Neo. <laughs> you got to do the end of the movie monologue to be Neo. I'll do that later. It's, people are waking up. <laughs> they know you're there. I'm going to fly now. Can um, I be the construct? I take that back. I'd rather just be the construct. A construct? Go for it. Yeah. I think I'm the oracle. Anyways, sorry. We went, I was Morpheus. That's right. We went way left field with that. Um, yeah, and so I have a very lengthy passcode and several iterations of it. And so I'm not getting hacked, and I'm really comfortable at night. And I think that if somebody wanted to just hack me and destroy my life, they would need a really powerful computer, a lot of money, and it'd be a waste of their time. You know what I mean? <laughs> it'd just be a waste of their time. Why, why are you trying to hack me? Like, go, go use your computer processing power at a better place. So that's my practice, and that's what I've been using for a very long time and had no problems. So what about you, Corey? What do you do to maintain the responsibility of your digital existence in this 21st century? Let's see. Okay. Uh, in terms of practicality, I'm on par with Marcello. My security okay. practices are rather low. Although I understand the different levels of security and their use cases, I see the security level that you use as a function of how much money you have invested into the currency. Mm -hmm. So I'm dealing with things that are tip jar stuff type stuff. I want to, I want to have access to it quickly. I want to play with it. I want to move it around. I want to do things. So the security protocols on that money are relatively low. Mm -hmm. I got passwords for them and those passwords are in my head and you're never going to fit. You're never going to guess them Mm -hmm. because as a, I mean, I'm a computational scientist. I have, I have a, a, a nice amount of very in, weird passcodes, yeah, burned into my memory that I can iterate through. But so you're confident your passcodes are random enough? Um, oh, they're well, they they are random. They're randomly generated that I've just spent time memorizing. Boobs one two three. Yeah, you got it. Cordy one two. Know about it. <laughs> anyway. Uh, but as you as you as you invest more money into something, just like fiat currency, you put that money in a safe place. And if you if you have millions of dollars, you don't put it under your bed. You don't you don't put it in your wallet. You know you know what I mean. You don't put it where it's easy easy to get to. You mm-hmm. diversify. You put it in different places. You put some of you put most of it in a vault that's really hard to get to. So you can take large chunk, large sums out of it. You got slow money and you got fast money. Um, and what's nice about the Bitcoin protocol and all these applications that have come out is that the different levels of security are really easy to get to. And there isn't a third party that you're trusting to hold on to your money. You are doing it. And you have it's the onus is on you to secure your own money at the security level that you feel comfortable with. So say you're really paranoid, just throw that 20 bucks into a, into a, a cold paper wallet. Mm-hmm. 
no problem. You're gonna have a hard time getting getting to it if you want to spend it on a Starbucks, but it's there and it's it's safe as hell. Yeah, paper wallets are extremely. For those of you that don't know, a paper wallet is like a way of keeping your digital money off of the internet. That's right. You take it from the internet and you put it <laughs> literally on a piece of paper. And so somebody wants access to the funds on that piece of paper. Um, I'm really doing a bad job of explaining this, but they would have to find that piece of paper. So essentially, essentially that's, that's, you that's, just, that's the case. Yep. They won't be able to access your money unless they read what's on that piece of paper. So then you print that on the back of the Declaration of Independence. And the only person that could find is Nicolas Cage. Yep. Yep. National treasure. That's what actually happened. Yep. He, he is a national treasure. He is. Yeah. And that movie was a documentary. <laughs> I never uh, followed the story on his prison sentence. I don't think he got one. Pretty sure he got a pardon. Um. So what else? What are we talking about? We, we talked about personal security. And what you should do to guard your digital existence. Um, should we talk about wallets? No. Talking about habits, personal no. security. <laughs> no. Anything to add, Cello? Where are we at? I think uh, the something's up. Um, we covered it, and I think people are going to be really grateful that we did. And the possibilities yeah. are exciting because. You can be as secure as you want to be. You can take it as far as you want. You can have a whole bunch of cold wallets all over your office, stapled to your walls, or you could just dump it in the Coinbase. I mean, it's up to you how secure you you want your money to be. Which uh, banks don't give you that option. So, yep, they hold it all. Yeah, I think that's what's so great about this. So, and in some countries, they keep you from getting it. Not in America, but in some countries they do. Or you're overseas and you want to use your money and you can't because you're overseas like, like I am. Like you. It's which hard. Is incredibly annoying. It's my money, <laughs> it's money in America money and it's so hard to get to. That's That's got to be tough, man. We're spoiled no here in the States. You have no idea. All more reason. Let's adopt Bitcoin. Everybody use the better money. That geek money. I, mean, so I just what... assume that that money doesn't exist anymore until I come back. It's just, it doesn't exist. I no longer have that money until I come back. <laughs> well, all of our international listeners can empathize with Corey. Yeah. So that's good. Yeah. So I guess that's it guys. Um, yep. Another successful, uh, go. Yeah. Uh, everyone out there, ignore, ignore the, the non-technical noise. We're bringing you the real. Mm-hmm. And we, uh, we appreciate you, uh, sticking by us. Uh, go to our Twitter at the, btc podcast tweet us live we'll answer your questions on the air give us some feedback uh we'll always answer you back and uh hit up the website the bitcoinpodcast.com and poke around there there's some goodies in there some show notes some links to what we talked about and uh enjoy all the pretty graphics that i designed <laughs> baller status nice don't forget um give us a five-star rating on itunes please that is right if you don't give us a five-star rating. You're a mean individual, um, and we would prefer you not. We want only the five stars. Go to you're, not a, you're not a mean individual. So You, you are. No, oh. you're not. You're, you're not, so you're going to give us five stars. No, you're, we all know you're not a mean individual. <laughs> yeah, give us five stars. We appreciate it. Um, we want to keep giving you guys the five-star content, so give us five stars. Also, 
please leave us some feedback on our website, thebitcoinpodcast.com, spelled just like it sounds, thebitcoinpodcast.com. Um, we have a contacts page. You can leave us information. Go straight to our email account. Boom. We'll hit you back. Answer questions. Ask the questions you want to ask. Yada, yada, yada. And what is that? One more thing. Twitter. That's right. At the BTC podcast. I plug Twitter. We're good. You plug Twitter? Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, I know it's so much information that we're providing to the people that we're, we're tripping over ourselves. We have a new avenue. Yeah. YouTube. YouTube. We're on YouTube. We don't even get download counts if you watch it, but we're just we're we're just giving it to you. That's right. It doesn't even count towards our progress, but that's how much we care about you. Throwing the info out there. All right. You. We care about you. Sitting in your car, listening to our podcast, on yep. your way to work. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're looking around, wondering if we see you. We see you. It's fine. We care about you. Sipping on that Starbucks, which, by the way, you can get 20% off if you use Bitcoin. We should talk about that one time. Anyways, play the outro? Play the outro.